And now we'd like to welcome to Marriage in a Tightrope, Madison and Tommy Johnson. So much thank yous for being here. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, thank you so much. This is an exciting one. Uh, For those of you who are on TikTok, half of you, maybe you follow me. Half of you, maybe you don't. If you don't, now's not the time to start. But you may recognize... (laughs) But you definitely follow the Thompson. That's right. This is, and this is going to come into play. And we're, look, TikTok is not the only thing we're going to talk about tonight. We want to focus on the Johnson's uh, story overall, uh, but you may recognize Tommy as the Tomsters from TikTok. And Madison has made a wonderful appearance in a few of those TikToks as well. Best appearance. And that's right. My, my favorite TikToks are what Mormons will believe will happen in the afterlife. At the judgment day. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like could watch those over and over again because they're so funny. I was going to do a series inspired by that of what atheists believe will happen in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was no content. it was a series of zero videos yeah. so just, you already did it there you go I, I did it thank you for the inspiration <laughs> this is going to be for those that have been listening for a while your your normal interview of getting to know this couple when we found out that the johnsons were mixed faith we went oh, we have to get them on our podcast and we're so happy that you I'm said yes. shout out to lex for giving me that little tip because Lex and, is the best. And then, and then, of course, the Johnsons for saying yes. Yes. We didn't have to say yes. So. so let's start at the very beginning, the very best place to start, and just learn a little bit about the Johnsons. Let's, Madison, let's start with you on, okay. tell us a little bit about how you uh, grew up, your, your, your abbreviated Mormon story, if you will. I just. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So I was. Um, born LDS my I got baptized when I was eight um my parents like looking back I'm always like oh yeah my parents were super strict you know we weren't allowed to watch like Nickelodeon Spongebob you know that kind of stuff but then we have like these really weird rules so I'm I like don't know how to answer like oh were your parents really strict or not because I'm like in some ways yes and in other ways they just did not care at all but it's kind of funny now that Tommy and I have like talked about our upbringing a little bit. There are some really weird rules that I, or like not rules, but like teachings that my parents had that I've like shared with Tommy. I've been like, yeah, that's totally a true thing that everyone in the LDS church believes. Like, um, my parents used to say that, um, the, commandment that you need to multiply and replenish the earth meant that you needed to have three children at least (laughs) because you're multiplying yourself and then replenishing so yeah there's just a lot of like weird things that my parents just have really weird rules um but I grew up in Utah for a little bit and then we moved around quite a bit and um I ended up graduating high school in the Netherlands So that played a big role in kind of how I viewed religion, my like political ideologies. I don't know what else else to say that, but um, so yeah, that had a really big impact. And then my parents got divorced right when I was about to go to college. So I like really dug my feet in and was like, the church is a hundred percent true. I'm like all in on this. I thought about going on a mission um, and yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Okay. I have to ask Madison, what was it about the Netherlands? That's that... a pretty non-religious country, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, but I, 
it was kind of weird because um a lot of my classmates were LDS like there was a group so my graduating class was 90 like 90 to 100 people and I think 10 in my grade were LDS which 10% in an international school is like really high so I went to early morning seminary with them we had a ton of activities just because um our branch was in um the German and Netherlands stake. So we had tons of activities with all those. There were like a lot of Mormons there. It was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I just like going to an international school and interacting with people who had different beliefs than me. I didn't really have any idea of like what, you know, what Muslims believed, what Jewish people believed until I went and met those kinds of people. Um, and I don't know why, but I was just like, okay, yeah, my, my religion is the right one right now. Like after meeting all those different people, but it definitely had an impact on me later on in life. Like now, um, because I do see that there are tons of different ways to live religion. And I personally don't believe there's one correct one. So yeah, that had a huge influence on me. Yeah. That, that story reminds me of one of my favorite quotes and I don't actually think I've read it on this podcast, but I have said it somewhere else. Well, I think you've quoted it wrong on this podcast. I think you're probably (laughs) right, but I pulled it up so I can read it. So this is a Mark Twain quote that, uh, and it's not about chloroform and print either. It's travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. I love that. Yeah, you go and travel and you meet these, you meet people from different traditions and you're like, wait a minute, they seem to be just as happy or value their beliefs just as much as we do. Mm -hmm. There's maybe something to it. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Tommy, let's hear a little bit about your growing up story and any weird rules that your family had (laughs) i've got a long list you want to hear (laughs) we'll publish it in the show notes that's right (laughs) um so yeah so i uh grew up mostly in utah um in central utah um i am the second of five kids so pretty big for a normal family pretty small for a mormon family i guess but uh um we were very active. Um, every Sunday was church. Every Monday was family home evening. Every Tuesday was young men or young women's. Um, and it was an expectation to go to all those things. Um, I'm an Eagle Scout um, by pushing a lot of pushing to do that. Uh, but I got it right before my 18th birthday. Did you have to get your Eagle Scout before you got your license? No, not a rule. Um, did you get Madison did personal, I made progress? personal progress before I got my license there you go wow it, was, it would have been an easy guess it seemed like your type of yeah <laughs> that was a rule in our house I had to get my ego before my license um that was not a rule but I think I was the oldest and my parents were like oh finally someone that can drive <laughs> the kids everywhere right like, they it. just yeah. they just wanted me to drive my siblings everywhere they so lied on the DMV application and said <laughs> when she was 13 no <laughs> Okay, keep going. Keep going, Tommy. Thanks. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I got my Eagle, uh, at 18 or whatever. Um, and I had, cha- I had turned 18. Um, the, the previous conference before I turned 18, President Monson changed the mission age. So I left on my mission right out of high school. Uh, I went to the great white North up to Canada, um, speaking English, um, came back, uh, after two years, um, went to school, uh, at UVU and that'll explain a little bit, uh, where Madison and I, our stories, uh, cross over. Um, but in terms of my Mormon story, honestly, if you were just to look up Mormon in the dictionary and find pretty, uh, basic, it's kind of what I was all the earliest ages to do all the things that's what I did baptism at eight ordination at, well, I guess 11 now, but at 12, you know, 14, 16, all, all the stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah. I was thinking of if Desiree book made a book called how to be a Mormon, the Johnson family might be the main family. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The Johnson family. So wait, um, Utah and you're a Johnson. Um, I have 10 bucks on that you and Alan have got to be we'll have to uh compare family search trees here after the show okay (laughs) or family tree it's gotta be close I uh we my Johnson side of the family settled a lot of central and southern Utah that's cool we're all related yeah it just depends how close you know right yeah we're all connected somehow yeah yeah Madison do you want to tell us about how you and Tommy's paths crossed. Um, it was the Hall of Flags. <laughs> it was not at UVU. I don't know why he said that. I have never seen him at UVU. Well, yeah. So I, 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 I moved to Provo to go to UVU. Okay, that's fair. Got it. Um, so it, we were actually in the same singles ward. And I, he bore his testimony one day in testimony meeting. And it, this is not one of those stories where I'm like, oh, his testimony. So <laughs> wholesome. No, I thought he was high. He was really tired, I guess. His eyes were like bloodshot red. He got up and gave a testimony about like how much he loved his mom, which like now that I see his and his mom's relationship, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I was just like, man, this guy, he's on something. <laughs> like, I just didn't know. He reminded you of Amsterdam. <laughs> Honestly, Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then we matched on mutual and I knew who he was cause I had seen him bury his testimony, but he didn't know who I was. And so we matched on mutual and went on a date. So wait, what, what year was this? 2019. Kate, Ooh, you are you're, young. You're freshly married. My gosh. New newlyweds are in our presence. Well, we did also get married in 2019. <laughs> it was not a long dating experience, but well, that's that's typical, typical Mormon yeah, culture. That happens. Too. That yes. happens. Okay. All right. So now we're up to there. Now, typically, we go into take us to where the rubber hits the road on Madison. You transitioning away from the church. So this is pretty recent. This is three years ago that you were you know, matched on mutual and you've dated less than 12 months yeah. and then stuck in quarantine together. So yeah, take us through that. Yeah. How mixed yeah. was the faith going into the marriage versus what happened after? Um, 
I, so we did get married in the temple. Um, but I got endowed in 2018, October of 2018. And then Tommy and I got married September of 2019. So I got endowed about a year earlier because my dad and stepmom were getting married and I wanted to go to their ceiling. So I was just like, let's just do it. Um, and I think that's kind of when the whole thing started unraveling for me. I just did not have a good experience at the temple. Um, and every time I went, like people would just tell me, Oh, it gets better. You just have to keep going get used to it. And every time I went, I just had so much anxiety and it was not getting better. And even on our, like, we hadn't gone to the temple together. I know that that's like a Provo date night as you go to the temple and do ceilings together. Right. We had never done that before. Um, and so that was our first time going to the temple together. And I just like, it just was not a good experience. Even on our wedding day, I was still like, so filled with anxiety and like, just, it was just not a good time for me. Um, Hold on. did you, were you able to voice that to like your parents or even to Tommy? Um, yeah, Tommy knew, um, my dad was very, he won't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter what I say. Um, <laughs> he was very like, it gets better. Trust me. It gets better. So I would go with him a lot and my stepmom. Um, and honestly, one of the things that like made me uncomfortable about the temple is that my stepmom just, she would make like this big show about how, like her experience in the temple. And I felt like my experience was wrong because I wasn't having the same experience as her. Um, she would get very emotional and like, she was just really feeling the spirit. And so I was like, well, obviously like there's something wrong with me if I'm not feeling that, like Mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, so that was a big part of it, but Tommy also correct me if I'm wrong, kind of had a little bit of anxiety about the temple. So we kind of talked about that. Um, and yeah, our, honestly, our ceiling was just kind of weird. (laughs) I won't go into it too much, but there was a lot of talk about like sexual intimacy, like in front of like my grandparents and it just like, wasn't a good time. Mm. Um, what not to say. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, everyone knows you don't need to say it. Like, I think the best, the best ceiling experiences are the ones that are just unforgettable. Like if something stands out, it's like I can tell you word for word what this man said. Like I was traumatized. Oh yeah. We still joke about it all the time. I'm like, Hey, do you remember when we got married (laughs) and it was traumatic? Um, but yeah. Laughing at trauma is kind of our sweet spot. So that's great. I love it. I'm in therapy. It's fine. (laughs) It's great. Um, but yeah, so we got married September, 2019 and kind of, I mean, we were going to church, but we were in a new ward and it just like, we didn't go very often. Um, but I wasn't thinking about not going to church anymore, not considering myself LDS. Um, and then COVID happened and we just didn't go to church at all. There wasn't church to go to. We could do zoom but who wants to do zoom church you know right so 
Um, and then we moved in with Tommy's parents and that's kind of when I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Mm. Um, I never really had like some big experience where like, oh, somebody offended me at church or, you know, it was just a bunch of little things that I started to notice. Like there wasn't women on sitting at the pulpit. Um, there weren't women really anywhere, you know, and like there weren't really people of color. Um, and I just kind of started realizing Tommy has two nieces and I was just like watching kind of their parents try and raise them in the church. And I was like, well, what happens if I have a daughter? Like, I don't want her to feel the same way I'm feeling. And granted, we're not thinking about having kids anytime soon, but that was just like kind of the pushing point for me as I was like, okay, well, what if? Mm. And, um, yeah, I was just kind of tired of making excuses. Um, and I have a lot of people in my, my friends, my family that are a part of the LGBTQ community. And I just felt like every time I talked to them, I was making excuses for the church and being like, oh, I'm a safe place for you, but not everyone in the church might be. And so I just really felt like I just couldn't make excuses anymore. Um, And that the church's values were not lining up with my values anymore. Um, And there are still things that I love about the LDS church. And I'm so glad that I experience those things and that I'm able to take away the things that I really do love about it. But there were just things that became bigger than the things that I loved, I think. So. And so this was over COVID. Um, so I, I had like vaguely thought about it. Um, probably trying to think I decided that I was done May. What year is it? 2021. Yeah. We were on a trip to Portland and I was like, I'm done. So, um, but yeah, I had like briefly thought about it for like maybe a year prior. So it was like a two year, I guess I've been out for almost a year. It's almost May. So it was like a year long, just like contemplating and I wasn't going to church at the time. So I didn't feel like I had like everyone kind of being like, Hey, what's going on? You know? Yeah. I gave you time going to church without any of the expectation. Mm-hmm. So Tommy, this Portland trip, when, tell us about that moment of how that went, what was going through your mind. And were you, I mean, a lot of, I'll say this, you know, couples that we interview, some people are just so caught off guard. They have no warning and it's like, bam, I'm out of the church and I can't be in anymore. And it's, it's, but did you have some indication of what was happening? Yeah. Um, so yeah, to answer your question first, Katie, uh, I did, there was some indication just through, um, discussions that we had had, um, and to, to kind of give some context to, I guess, kind of where I was mentally, uh, with the the Portland trip um like when I received that news or when she told me that 
Um, I, so like I said, there's, there's seven people in my family. And as of today, uh, three of us remain in the church um, after growing up where all seven of us were. And so being in a place where that is my family reality, I feel like there was, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts that happened probably when a discussion like this would happen in a marriage that I had already uh, felt and gone through. So big, big things like what does this mean for our eternal family? Like, what does this mean for forever? Like those kinds of thoughts um, were things that I had already thought about um, and gotten to a place in my soul and heart where it felt safe and good and hopeful and all those positive things after going through, you know, some, what does this mean? Is it, are we all done? Are we all just going to be chilling by ourselves? What is this? You know, just trying to figure out what it, you know? Um, and so on this Portland trip, we were traveling with my siblings um, where I uh, was the only, I'm the only uh, member of the church in that group. And so when I guess Madison told me, it was more of a, okay, that's like a final decision rather than a, wait, what? You've been thinking about this and you have, we haven't talked about this and, you know, did our ceiling mean nothing or those kinds of things? That didn't really enter my mind because, one, we had talked about it before. It was kind of briefly about – or not even briefly. We had, I don't know, pretty – very deep conversations about it before I eventually decided to leave. I am not the kind of person where I go through like a problem and I just like shut down. I want to talk about things. And so, yeah, we, and I mean, he knew about my anxiety with the temple. He knew that I didn't really enjoy church. He knows my friends and family who are part of the LGBT community and how I was struggling with that. And so, yeah, I feel like we kept communication really open about my whole wanting to leave the church. Um, but yeah, I tried to make it, I tried really hard to not catch him off guard because I knew that it would be like a big, like, Oh crap, what's going to happen? Like kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, good for both of you. Cause that's, that is the first time bomb that usually explodes in a mixed faith marriage is, mm-hmm. is that moment where, Hey, I'm done a lot of times it's like, what? Yeah. And, and here comes the trauma. Now, I don't want to like force a talk about challenges or anything, but let's talk about some of the, some, let's actually, we can take a positive spin on it of like, what are some of the things that you've been able to work through that were challenging for a time? And then you kind of figured out a way, you know, at the year point now coming up on it, you've probably worked through quite a bit of stuff. Um, do you have any examples that come to mind on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so we, so Madison and I agree on a lot of stuff like religion aside, um, in terms of values and what's important to us. Um, they align pretty much straight across. And so I know that, especially early on, um, 
whether it was from me or from her, there were some questions um, said to the other, well, if you agree with all this, then like, why do you stay? Or if you agree with all this, then like, why is it so important to leave? Because I think some, in some aspect we're thinking we're, I'm thinking the same thing as you, but I've come to like the opposite conclusion. So what what's wrong with you a little bit kind of an idea of like what is leading you that way because we're going down the same path and we took kind of two different things and it's truthfully you know it's not that binary but still just kind of in the heat of the argument and especially just the time of um you know those decisions being made it can kind of conversations can get to that point so i think uh, by now um we've just realized that we're two different people And that just because we are very similar and think very similar things, um, our paths don't have to be exactly the same for them to be correct or right or whatever they might, whatever that right word is. But um, I think just that challenge of wanting to make the best decision for um, ourselves and just making sense of the other person's decision and allowing space for that, um, we've gotten a lot better at that and it comes naturally like we don't have those discussions anymore about like what well then why um we just like well then that's what you do so i think that's where we've gone to with that i think it takes some level of like tommy nuance on your part and madison emotional intelligence on your part to allow the other person to sort of have that um differentiation Mm -hmm. from from the spouse. And I'm really, this is really cool to hear because you guys get it at a young age. Like we're learning this in our late thirties. Right. And, um, I, I do though wonder we're both over 40 now. We're <laughs> oh, 40. Okay. The very, very late thirties. Extremely <laughs> late thirties. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, okay. But I do wonder how have you talked about navigating your future? Like, especially with kids, that's usually really like a subject that comes up so much or, um, yeah, just how, how do you talk about that? And Madison, if you had another example, like yeah, when we oh asked yeah, that same sorry. question, you can talk about that too, but we're really good at asking two questions at the same time. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, yeah, I, that was one of the things that we talked about a lot when I first decided I wanted to leave. Um, because that was one of my reasons for leaving was I don't want to raise my children in this kind of environment. I think that there are great things that the LDS church teaches, but I don't feel comfortable with my kids being alone with an older man or, you know, like I want to have my hand in what my kids are learning especially when it comes to like morals and, you know, their own personal values and like how they value themselves. Um, and just like growing up, I, the church caused a lot of, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, what's the opposite of confidence? <laughs> Unconfidence. That's yeah, not a word. I don't think you know. Yeah. It gave me a lot of doubt being a woman in the church. I didn't have any, you know, I wasn't allowed to have the priesthood. I wasn't allowed to give blessings. I 
wasn't allowed to do a lot of stuff. And still to this day, those things have not changed. Um, And so my biggest thing was I do not want to raise a confident, strong, independent daughter. I don't think I can raise all those, like a daughter with all those kinds of things if they're being taught these things at church. And so, yeah, that was something that we just talked about a lot. And we just kind of came to a semi-agreement. We decided we don't really need to decide right now because we don't have kids and we're not planning on having kids right now. Mm-hmm. But we just kind of were like, okay, well, I think that those things, those really important core values need to be taught in the home. And if that means that they don't go to church and they're taught those things at home and we do like a primary esque thing at home, then that's what we'll do. But we kind of not fully put it on the back burner, but it kind of is on the back burner for now. So you have to put it on the back and burner. That's don't have kids. wise. Yeah, that's wise. Is. Cause if, if you continually worry and, and have anxiety about something that is not even happening yet, like we, yeah. we give this advice or at least recommendation to couples that have kids. That's like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do when our, when our four-year-old turns eight and is going to be baptized. And it's like, I know what you're going to do. You're not going to worry about it right now because <laughs> you're going to have a miserable time for four years. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, we've noticed too, like since we started the podcast four years ago, uh, that we have changed as, as parents, we've changed in, you know, how we do things with the kids so different then from now so you become a better version of yourself as time goes on and then you just trust that that future self is going to make the right decisions when it's time and so i mean like you said madison you can have confidence in that right that your future self will will do the right thing when when you need to uh okay so tommy i want to ask when did the tiktok was it during covid that you started the tiktok channel and why did you start it? And I just want to know, like, the little dynamic between the two of you, how that went. For sure. So, uh, yeah, so like half of the globe, when COVID happened, I did, that's when I downloaded TikTok. Um, and welcome to I, 90% of the rest of the world, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I go through someone's uh, feed and I see that they had a video pre-COVID I'm like wow you're a rare breed like wow um but I yeah so I started making uh videos and I I my first ones that had some real success were those judgment day uh videos I made those while on my lunch break at work that's why they're in my car um (laughs) and that was that was like July of last year um and I, well, one for, for that specific, you know, premise of that video, I just thought that the topic was uh, funny and relatable to a lot of people that I know. Um, but um, I, what, so like I mentioned, my family is a mixed faith family. And even prior to some of my siblings leaving the church, um, my parents' siblings, so my aunts and uncles, um, there were some who weren't in the church either. So this idea of being a mixed faith family, something that I've, uh, known in some capacity my whole life. 
And so being able to not take myself too seriously, especially when it comes to uh, religion, um, I, th- I feel like has been important for me as, as I've um, been wanting to maintain and grow and keep good relationships with people. If the number one thing is like, first of all, I'm right when it comes to God. Number two, how are you? It's been a while. Like if that's the priority level of like how I'm interacting with um, the people who matter most to me, um, I don't want that kind of priority um, structure. So just taking things not too seriously, having fun with stuff while still remaining uh, respectful in some um, you know, depending on who you talk to, my TikToks are respectful and they're not, but I feel like they're respectful. There's yeah. nothing wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, again, it de- depends on who you ask, but uh, I think the general consensus is that they're not too crazy, but, um, but yeah, I, I started making them honestly just for fun. I like to, I like to think of myself as someone who's funny, but that could be very wrong. I could be very off. Um, but I just like to be creative. And so everything just kind of, mixed together and again so i made those videos again i said it was july it was that may when madison left the church so church stuff was like all what was on my mind all sorts of and even on my own personal faith journey too um just all sorts of it was like church 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 that's literally like all we talked about yeah so honestly it's probably just a natural product of like what was in my brain at all times um but yeah it's kind of where it started yeah and madison like were you on board i mean tommy would you make them and then come home and show madison or how how was that conversation (laughs) um well so i can actually tell you exactly when his tiktok like kind of blew up we were in park city with his family and he made a parody of um hey there delilah yeah it was like Heather McKinsley or something like that and it blew up we were just hanging up with her hanging up hanging out with um his family in Park City for like a summer trip and I literally told him I was like you need to keep making videos like this like keep the momentum going I work in social media I own my own business doing social media management so I'm like if you get a viral video you have better keep going because I'm like that could pay our bills eventually (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I literally was like, yeah, just keep making these videos. And I think that they're hilarious. And I think that one of the best parts is that people don't know if he's LDS or if he's ex-Mormon. And that's like the best part. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter. That's the thing is that somebody's church membership and how you treat them, they like, they don't need to go together. And so I, yeah, I love them. I think they're hilarious. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, can I be in one of your TikToks? He always says yes. So <laughs> I love the one. I love the one where you're like, um, some people ask if I have a temple recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you're like pulling your Costco card. <laughs> because it is, it's true. I honestly, when I heard you were in a mixed faith marriage, shame on me. Tommy, I thought you were the one that was out. I was like, no, it's got to be him. He's the one that's out. Madison's the one that's still in. Um, And uh, so it's, I think that um, it's a, it was a pleasant surprise. And I'm sure anyone that listens here that watches or will go and watch the content will kind of see the same, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And Madison, has it ever been 
like at all hard to hear any of the things that he says and his TikToks or is it just generally fun? Um, I think it's just fun. Honestly, I think that his ideas and the kind of, I don't know what to call it, but like poking fun at the church culture is what makes our marriage work. Cause if I was married to somebody that was just like, no, the LDS church is hundred percent true. There's nothing wrong with it. Then I don't think that this would have worked out. And so, yeah. And I think we made sure that we were going to work that way before we even got married. When we were dating, we were like, okay, we talked about our values and what we believed in church aside, like, and so, yeah, I think it just, it makes it work better, I think. And yeah, I just think they're really fun and creative and yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've got a few, I've got a few questions for you, Tommy. Okay. Uh, so who do you get more critical comments from believers or non-believers? Um, believers. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, that doesn't surprise me. I, so when that first video went viral, the Judgment Day one, um, I got comments that were, they were nearly identical. They would say, I'm a current member, but I still think this is like really funny. And I, and then on the other side, I'm an ex member, but I think this is really funny. And so from there, I was like, okay, like there's a sweet spot here where former members and current members can have fun and laugh together. What I quickly found out is that there's other spots to exist in (laughs) where uh, there's not so much laughing going on. Um, which is fine. Um, not how the judgment day is going to go. <laughs> there were a couple like that. Like, um, have you not read? I'm like, oh uh, my this is called satire. <laughs> yeah, this is a joke. I remember the day I told you that you should probably put satire in your bio. True. It wasn't in there for a while. And then because there was a part of me that liked, and I, I admit, I still like it when people think I'm being serious. It's just funny to me. <laughs> Yes. The TikTok yeah. version of the onion. That's right. Yeah. Um, but no, so as far as criticisms go, there have been more um, comments left by believers being like, this is too far. This is not funny. Um, again, maybe taking it like I'm being serious. Like this isn't what it's in the scriptures. I'm like right. I'm aware. Is this a joke or whatever? But it's gotten to a point where there are, I think people understand that they're jokes. So if they don't like it, then they typically scroll or block or unfollow or whatever. I'm unaware of their activity, but um, especially early on. um, Yeah, there was, and there were criticisms from, you know, ex-members as well. Um, But I just try to take them all in stride and is what it is. But if I had to graph, I'd probably say they're more believers that have been, upset okay hold on alan alan gets i'm gonna say this he gets a little defensive when people like write things on put things comments that are like uh disparaging or try to defend the church or whatever it might be did you have you ever felt the need to defend yourself in any of the comments or 
and any, I mean, even like private message that, that came to you about your content, because I can imagine that family watches it as well and friends watch it as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it depends on the day. Some days I'm like, people can say whatever and I'm totally secure myself. And then there's other days where I'm like, wow, that was the meanest thing anyone's ever said. I'm going to let you know it too. And so, um, so yeah, it's kind of a mix, but, uh, I think I've gotten to a point where I'm definitely fine. Just like blocking people like in my head early on, I was like, I can't just do that. I can't just like block someone. That's rude. But now I'm just like throwing them out. Like it's I'm Oprah or something. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, so sometimes, um, yeah, like, I what I don't know. It's sometimes. Sometimes I do. Um, I feel like I've gotten better. The more I've gotten used to the fact that there are thousands of people following me. Like that number, I still can't compute it. I'm like, that's a big number. Like I personally know like seven people. So the fact that there's like thousands of people who are choosing to see my stuff, I don't get that. But I think really early on, people would say stuff, and I was like, you don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know me personally. What are you doing? Right. And then I just gave up trying to do that because I knew, one, it probably wasn't productive. Two, it was never going to be like, well, you know what, Tommy, you're right. Like, I was so wrong for commenting in that. Thank you. Yeah. You, you Changing people's minds in TikTok comments is, it is a fruitless effort. Well, exactly. and I, I just think, like, you know your people. If your people find it funny... And they they like the content. That's your people, right? Everyone else is like, no, right. I, I'm not for everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the approach that I take. And I'm a lot more critical, obviously, <laughs> than, than you are. And it's like, usually the, the most that I'll respond is just, just keep scrolling. I'm not making this for you. Keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Um, I will say that there are a few believing content creators on TikTok that I will defend to the death. And you are one of three. Uh, I'm a little scared to defend the third one, but you and Dan McClellan, Dan McClellan yeah. I, I love what Dan does and I love what you do. And they're very different TikTok accounts, uh, but I, yeah. I really, really like what you two do. So I've, I've commented on yours a lot and uh, Dan's as well. The last is the Black Menaces. But I'm a little scared to defend them. <laughs> and I don't think they need defending either. They're, they do a good job of that on their own. Yes, those are all great accounts, even though I don't understand half the words that Dan says sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I've made a few videos poking fun at that <laughs> itself. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Oh, man, that's great. So as far as, I mean, I don't want to get off of the topic of TikTok, um, but I want to ask like, do you do comedy elsewhere in life or do you want to do comedy elsewhere in life? Talk about a little bit of that. Yeah. So, and, um, I am much a rookie when it comes to comedy. Um, I have performed at some open mic nights in Provo over the last like month or so. Um, I did one last night, which was really fun. Awesome. Um, Improv Broadway, which I know that you're familiar with. Uh-huh. Yeah. Zach, Zach and Zach. I are close. Um, so, yeah. So, Monday nights, they have an open mic night, and I've gone. 
just a little brag. Tommy got invited to do a seven minute set at the end. <gasps> they were like, you're the funniest. Come do it longer. That's I, awesome. I Tommy. It. Great. Then, I don't know if he wanted me to say that, but well, <laughs> it was, it was fun. And I had my, uh, uh, I invited some family out to come last night. It was, it was fun to do. Um, but I would love to somehow make comedy a career in some yeah. form or fashion. Um, I went to school for uh, communications with a journalism emphasis. I love to write and create and whatever. So that'd be a fun way to make a living, I think. But Have you thought this is not a solution to the make a living comment? Have you thought <laughs> or had an interest in doing improv comedy? So the reason why I knew that you are familiar with improv Broadway is because I did technically sign up to go audition for it in March, but I got scared. Plus it was my birthday celebration. My birthday was the day before. I I use that as the tech, the technical excuse, but I was actually just really scared. But so I got the email back saying who got stuff and your name was on it. So um, congrats. But um, thank you. I had an in. I didn't have to audition. <laughs> wait, but you're wait, also funny. On. What are you not telling me? I'm not not telling you anything. Where, where did you? Oh, I'm on the reserve list for Improv Broadway. Oh, I've been. I I'm just with them. learning this. <laughs> I perform with them like once a year. Zach okay. and I. I mean, listeners can listen if they want. This we're not. We're no longer podcasting to the <laughs> listeners. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> Uh, but Zach, the founder of Improv Broadway, and I did mm-hmm. improv together at Comedy Sports and Provo a decade ago. Okay. And then he left and and started Improv Broadway. And I've kind of like, I love singing on stage too. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a few shows with them. I just don't have time to do much. So I still perform with Comedy Sports and Improv Broadway every so often. Ooh. But if you wanted to get, with, let's talk after the recording maybe. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to like, and I do not want to poach you if like improv Broadway is where you want to go um, and just focus on that. But I could hook you up at comedy sports if you wanted to come like learn improv there, short form improv there. That would be awesome. I, I have memories of being a junior high student here in Utah, having like our honor, honor, uh, not honor code, honor role assembly reward being comedy sports coming. It was a big deal, and I thought it was really fun. You may have been there. Who knows? It, it's possible. I've done a lot of those those high school and junior high school shows. Yeah. Um, but that sounds really fun, and I've been a couple times. We'll talk after. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> In that Deseret book of how to be a Mormon, honor roll student is on there. So thank you for confirming that. <laughs> uh, Madison, Sorry. I just can't imagine that, you know, you and your social media background and Tommy with all of the fun content you guys are like a match made in heaven literally (laughs) i think we get along well (laughs) uh okay so moving forward um what do you hope happens in your what do you see for your future um as far as church attendance goes or just your mixed faith marriage um i don't plan on ever returning to church um organized religion kind of freaks me out a little bit right now in my stage of life 
Um, I do still believe in God. And I think that's a big reason why this works is because we both still believe in God. And we, so we don't, we don't talk about religion as much anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like to make like hard, like I'm going to be this way for the rest of my life. You know, I talk to me five years down the road and maybe I won't believe in God anymore. You know, there's literally anything can happen. And I think that we both kind of have that mindset. Um, and that we are just kind of allowing each other to grow right now. And, you know, I'm only 24, like (laughs) I'm still feel like a little baby. And like I said, like, we're not planning on having kids anytime soon. So we're just kind of enjoying marriage. Um, we haven't gotten to travel at all because of COVID. So we're excited to kind of do that this year. Um, and yeah. So what about you? Yeah. Um, my answer to that question, my, my mind first goes to my parents. Um, a number of years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but somewhere between three, four, and five, somewhere in there. The COVID years make things hard to remember, but um, somewhere in there, uh, my mom went through a, a faith crisis, um, and in her own way is um, still active in the church in terms of um, attendance. She has a calling and um, is involved with the church, but in a very real way as well, um, in terms of a testimony of uh, truth claims and whatnot, um, that's not there anymore. My dad, on the other hand, has always been very strong in the church. Um, He even works at the church now. And so there's a a dynamic there where their relationship is a version of a mixed faith marriage, or in terms of when it comes to the church, they don't agree with a lot. Um, And so seeing their relationship become what it is, which is really good because before it was also really good, but they um, went through a transition. Some that we saw as, uh, as their kids, some very much behind closed doors. And I, you know, have, it has its own history um, to be able to see where they've ended up and where they are in this moment. And it's great. And they're still super close and everything um, is working and it's totally uh, a a wonderful relationship. Um, That's what I kind of, I guess, see in the future. Long story short, a good marriage (laughs) that works. Well, shout out to your mom because we hear your mom listens to the podcast. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I love your answer. And I think that you're very fortunate to have good examples of working through difficult um, marriage, like mixed faith marriage. That's, that's a hard thing. And that's a really like, there's so many people that have that example that have family members who have left, who have been able to work things out. And um, for those who haven't, I hope that you can listen to this podcast and um, hear that, you know, for other people, it's working out too. You're not the only ones that are 
trying to make it work in your in your marriage yeah i have an idea um so tommy's mom mrs johnson if if we may that is that good enough mrs, mrs. johnson, johnson. Mm-hmm. if you'd like uh you know uh you can clip this and make it your your voicemail message here we go you've reached the voicemail box of mrs johnson she can't answer the phone right now because she's off drinking coffee uh, leave a message and she'll get back wait <laughs> Toodles. we don't know if she drinks coffee i'm just taking a shot at it <laughs> i don't think she does but okay a lot of diet coke so that's yeah. that <laughs> Well, that's, that's <laughs> so everyone. Everyone drinks diet coke. Yeah, <laughs> just she, she doesn't. I don't know. She's she's just kind of still chilling, doing her doing her thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's great. She's chilling. <laughs> you've reached the voicemail of Mrs. Johnson. She can't reach the phone right now because she's chilling in the foyer. Please leave a message, and she'll get back to you as soon as possible. Beep. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Your that's poor mother. Good. <laughs> this was more than she was expecting that's right more attention than she was expecting she'll love it <laughs> she'll love it uh okay so what's coming up for you tommy do you have dates already set that you're going to be performing at improv broadway or you know where you guys are gonna yeah, have where dinner can next people friday see you? <laughs> uh so yeah i don't i don't have any uh set dates for any kind of future things except for on tiktok every day yeah. So, Accessible when I, to everyone. Yeah. So I, um, when I started kind of getting some momentum with content or whatnot, I do have a goal to post at least one today. I've missed one day as my birthday. I gave that to myself and Christmas. You post on Easter? I did. Ooh, Happy Easter, everyone. His one. videos are so quick that like, I literally don't even notice when he films. Right. Oh. And again, sometimes I'm in the bathroom or the car or something, so she doesn't. She's not even there. Or his work, his work bathroom. Hey, we don't need to get too specific <laughs> on where these pictures are being filmed. That may or may not be a place where that, where it happens, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just out there on the internet. So yeah, very fun. Can we get an? Oh my gosh, I actually sometimes don't love it when people treat me like a jukebox. But can we get the patented Tomsters laugh? um yeah um in the character a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wish you could see what we're seeing right now on camera okay okay um i'm I'm just gonna read something that's in front of me and and see if that goes but (laughs) beckham hotel collection let me tell you (laughs) crazy (laughs) that's it that's the one right there that madison that's gonna pay the bills for years to come that i hope so i would love to not work i'm just kidding i love my job but you know madison you work in social media at a company in provo um i own my own company oh that's right you said that and how is that going i love it i love being able to work from home and i get to meet really cool people sorry just a second can you hear that no no it's the dog we have a bell for him to say that he needs to go to the bathroom and he he rings it nonstop. (laughs) but anyway um yeah i get to meet a lot of really cool business owners in utah um yeah i just i love being able i'm very introverted so i really like being able to work from home but also still have a little bit of like social interaction with 
social media and my clients. So it's really nice. That's a good balance to have like home versus interacting with um, your clients. Well, you two are delightful. You are young. I still think you're, it's very much apparent that you're in the honeymoon. You love each other phase. They have been, you can't see the camera, but they've been kissing. (laughs) This entire interview, it's been really uncomfortable. Ew. Are you I hate PDA. Can you, can you take me to 300,000 followers on TikTok? Can I hire you? Me? Yeah. Madison? Um, I don't manage TikTok. Dang so. it. <laughs> Instagram, yes. All right. Okay. TikTok is hard. Is that our next thing for marriage on a tightrope? No. <laughs> I think we don't want more people coming in. We want... Everyone, just both of you should leave so that we have less on our plate. How's that? that- <laughs> there we go. There or we go. What's, half of you go back to the to, to, <laughs> to some belief or what? What are you telling people? The toothpaste, yeah, back into the to- toothpaste. What is it? Receptacle? What are you, tube? 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 Is that toothpaste what? Tube? Oh, toothpaste gosh. tube. The longer we <laughs> the worse it gets. Should we? <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Tommy and Madison, for joining us. And if you want to see uh, Tommy's content, you can go, of course, to TikTok. At the Tomsters. At the Tomsters. Just thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks for having us.